0: Welcome to Riverdale (laughs) Welcome to Riverdale is a Carefree Black Nerd Review Show We're going to explore the Weekly shenanigans and hijinks Of the newly rebooted Rebooted (laughs) Archie Universe Um I don't know, Uh, anybody who watched the Riverdale um, pilot first episode last week. (laughs) Shit, what are your thoughts? Mine are a lot. (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts. Um, My general impressions or first impressions of the show, however, is um, that I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, CW has been cranking out content for quite some time on the dc side of things um although i don't watch regularly the shows that i do catch the flash the arrow legends of tomorrow and supergirl they are cinematography wise excellent shows they um are pretty good in every other aspect you know as far as good as the superhero show can be and so kudos to them I'm not really in it for the long haul with those just because that's just not where I'm at in my life right now. But this Archie reboot, when I first saw the trailer, I didn't think that um I thought okay, they're switching things up and it'll be interesting, but now that I've actually watched the first episode, I am in it for the long haul. So this is the your official welcome to the Archieverse review show. Uh, Welcome to Riverdale. Um, Let's see. I started off... uh, Of course, I used to read Archie as a kid. There was always an Archie Digest uh, at the grocery store in the checkout lane. I um, have, I don't know, around here somewhere, at the very least, five Archie books. Now, with this new reboot that they've done in the comic book universe, where they're now expanding on the Archie universe and have the different titles um i haven't really been keeping up with that i've been kind of keeping my ear to the ground or to the internet to see what the reviews are what do people like uh i did however pick up the first trade of the jughead uh comics and i haven't gotten all the way through it but jughead has always been a character who i like so i'm sure Reading over the first two issues in that trade, I enjoyed it, so I can only imagine it ends the same way it started, as a good book. But this hard reboot that we have on the CW side of things has really got me excited. Um, Mainly because of its push for inclusion. Um, All in all, before getting into the, the plot or anything, the cast is more diverse than they've been in Archie comics and it's kind of brought up to that 2016 17 social aesthetic that we're used to um, there's Kevin Keller who is the newly introduced gay character in, um, in the Archie universe uh, Pops Pops Tate is played by a black man Josie and the motherfucking pussycats are natural black girls oh my god all three of them Um, Reggie Mantle is Asian, Veronica Lodge and her mother, um, her mother, Hermione Lodge, and I may be mistaken, but I believe she's Mexican, um, and then Veronica Lodge would be Mexican, or Mexican and white, I believe, uh, and kick myself in the head for not knowing right off the bat, but all in all, the inclusion is there, um aside from that, the story is uh, pretty much a who done it This show gives you um very much brings you back to the nineties It gives you those nine oh two one oh that clueless that um in um cruel intentions uh mean girls vibe and I really enjoy that a lot of people don't um but hell enough people do Because we have a whole series of this, but it's um uh, it's slightly campy it's very um i don't know it's just right up my alley this is what i grew up watching uh like i said before i have watched soap operas with my grandmother as a kid so this is (laughs) right in my wheelhouse i think i'm the target audience for this show uh i um i'm hopeful for this season i'm not sure if it's 10 or 13 episodes i believe it's 13 um but all in all the show starts, of course, with Cheryl Blossom and Jason Blossom, the fraternal redhead twins, um, wealthy twins of uh Riverdale going on a Fourth of July boat ride into uh on a lake in Riverdale. And I like I said, I didn't read a lot of the Archie comics or the new Archie reboot, but I believe in the afterlife with Archie comic they were like things ancestral twins and that kind of um, translates here even though there is no physical or romantic like uh, back and forth between the two because their shot is so kind of quick maybe a minute's worth of footage of them together it's still very it gives you that creepy vibe um, they're wearing all white Cheryl has on things like lace white gloves They get into a boat And uh As you can expect Cheryl returns without Jason Because he's dead And uh that kick starts the The whole This ain't your grandmother's Archie Um I'm not familiar with all of the characters But Um There's the Dilton Who's kind of like the little Bookworm nerd guy. He's there in the beginning with his scout troop. Um, as Cheryl is. <laughs> they uncover her sitting on a, a rock, all wet, crying, talking about Jason's gone. It's all in all, this creepy, dramatic intro pretty much s- sealed my fate. And it let me know that this is something you're going to be watching till the end. Um, we get. Betty, you know, the girl next door, and her and her gay best friend, uh, Kevin Keller, kind of doing the whole teenage thing, going back and forth, discussing Archie because she has a crush on him. Um, Another thing I want to point out is this show kind of gives me that Pleasantville vibe, that very much kind of modernized 60s aesthetic with the clothing, with the colors, um, hairstyles, like it's all very true to the comic if you're not an archie fan and you pick up a uh, archie book and then you just skim through a couple pages and then you read excuse me read you watch this show you can see and i don't know if it's just for the pilot i would imagine it's throughout the entire series but it's very much that a um well done translation from book to screen and that i do appreciate it about that um Yeah, so, uh, let me see, Archie is now smoking hot, apparently, because even though these 35-year-olds who are playing 16-year-olds are um, entering their sophomore year in high school, I don't know how lanky or not fit or unattractive Archie could have been in the span of like four months, but apparently from freshman year to sophomore year, he made a transformation, and now he's six-pack abbed up wide chest uh trim body i don't know (laughs) just watching that interaction between kellen keller and uh betty cooper seeing the whole archie transformation on their own it was i don't know that was a very campy element of the show um i did appreciate it though because it kind of set the tone for this is what this is and i kind of feel like in this first episode everyone's personality traits or the things that you would point out as this is this person this is that person has kind of been exaggerated for the sake of a pilot um that remains to be seen when i watch the second episode but um like i say even though it's kind of campy i appreciate hell this is coming from someone who loves empire i'm still only on season one but the campiness of empire and the campiness of like um uh Beyonce and MTV's Carmen of Hip Hop, that's again right up my alley. So this um that's something I did appreciate with this show. <laughs> there is uh a younger Mrs. Grundy. She's not the gray-haired, bun-wearing, long-nosed uh I don't know, um conservative dr- conservatively dressed Woman, as she is in the book, she is just kind of what they did with Aunt May in the uh, Marvel universe, where they de-aged her and enhanced her womanliness, her sexuality. Uh, we get glimpses at Archie and Miss Grundy having a unsolicited affair, and uh, oh, if I didn't say already, um, this is a spoiler-heavy show. So, if you haven't seen it, you know, I say pause it and come back, or power through it and watch this first episode for yourself. Um, the first episode that is entitled the river's edge, I believe. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that relationship between the two of them. I didn't quite buy it for the sake of the show. I was right. I was all in, but seeing her drive down the road and notice Archie with this seductive, mrs robinson type of oh archie what are you doing walking in this heat it's just it kind of i guess was supposed to drive home the <clears throat> the transformation that archie has had from freshman to sophomore but considering that little interaction that um affair that started in the summer started after freshman year but not quite into the sophomore year it's like okay this transformation had to be even quicker like was this a week a couple couple weeks maybe a month into summer break where Archie has gone from lanky skinny kid to this cut I don't know I'm sure it's not impossible but it was it felt impossible um but yeah let me see we follow Archie with his orange hair itself um he's having shakes milkshakes with Betty while she fails at professing her love for him and in walks the vixen veronica lodge um to get milkshakes and burgers and onion rings for her and her mother now um in pop tate's chocolate shop the one thing i didn't really care for in this show even though i liked the um new direction they were taking is pops yes he's a black guy now um but he was quite cold and boring i'll say like and i don't know if this again is because it's the pilot episode or if he'll warm up and be better throughout the season but when i was reading through archie comics as a kid and even skimming through some now pops was always this hefty jolly fat man who owned the shop where it was like okay this is where the kids can you know convene at after school before school over the summer whatever and he's kind of that um fatherly godfather type figure and I didn't get that with him and yes he didn't have a lot of lines but I don't know it just it didn't read well to me the few scenes that he did show up in it was like oh okay um this is what we're doing uh so that's that's one thing that I didn't like um let me see Veronica meets Archie and then that classic rom-com or movie trope or whatever where Archie ...is listening to Veronica trying to spill her... ...I mean, Betty trying to spill her guts... ...and walks this hot girl, Veronica... ...and now she's interrupt this confession... ...and after all is and done... ...Archie gets to the classic... ...oh, what were you saying? ...where Betty responds... ...oh, it was nothing... I'm like, eh. ...okay, I mean, it's cute... ...it works with the show... ...but I was just like... God damn it, Betty. If you like this boy, you live right next door to him. Shake him. That's the other thing. <laughs> Her and Kevin Keller um, talked about, oh, Archie got hot over the summer. And before this, she was saying how she hadn't seen him. I'm thinking the summer is, what, two and a half, three months? You live right next door to this boy. Your bedroom window and his bedroom window are mirrors of each other. You mean to tell me you've gone the entire summer and haven't seen this boy physically? i mean i guess it happens but in a small town small upstate new york town like this where everybody knows your name essentially i just didn't buy it um also one thing i want to point out is that betty uh is a tony morrison fan and she's met tony morrison in the continuity of this series that she was explaining to archie her um her book club something what does she say uh Something about, essentially, you know Tony Morrison is my favorite author, and she has me wanting to do such and such or whatever, and I met her in the stand third, and that took me back, and I was like, okay, well, shit, y'all ain't holding back on this. Betty is a Toni Morrison fan. If Tony Morrison <laughs> pops up in this series, be it for a scene or for a couple minutes, I Y'all just might hear me scream Wherever you are listening to this podcast You'll probably hear me scream at the top of my lungs, Because I'm like, okay, Betty, I see you Uh, (laughs) So I thought that was a nice little um, little touch Um, Let's see, fast forward to Betty showing Veronica around the school With that classic teenage mean girl type of Oh, I'm from New York And this school is so boring and look at me i'm I'm so hot I don't have a book bag I just carry a purse and it's, it's um this interaction between them um kind of going over the history of the uh Riverdale high School in which Betty says that uh it was founded in nineteen forty one and I forgot to look this up, but I'm thinking that may have been the first um the year of the release of the first archie comic kind of a easter egg there i'll look it up afterwards and include this in the show notes but um all in all at this point where we've seen a lot of the different characters everyone in this first episode um is does not have a huge part but you kind of see where they're going with it with the race bending where reggie is um it's Asian, and we, we see him, him and Moose. Moose is still white. But the thing that um kind of took me, when I'm, I don't know, I guess it's not really a big deal, but Reggie is on the football team, and Reggie is big. This dude is like, he's big as Moose. And I know um in comics everything can be exaggerated, but in my head, Moose has always been the biggest guy in the school, with Archie being the slimmer version of that but Reggie is just as big as Moose and I think he's slightly bigger than Archie so this whole jock boy that we're getting and not this rich asshole that kind of took me back but like I said this is still a good show regardless so I'm in it I want to see how his character progresses Um, we get glimpses at different things like Moose even though he's the meathead jock later on in the, um, the show we find out that he could be a down low guy um bisexual closeted gay he has something going on there um and they kind of dropped it in and it wasn't it wasn't focused on to the point where that's all you think about his character so i appreciated that but that was like a little um kind of an offhand comment here and there uh, what else uh moving skipping forward on all this mess here uh archie is now a um interested in music over the summer and he's been writing poems well, songs and uh he goes to josie and the pussycats in the auditorium to request some help i I don't know if he wanted to have them play for him look over his music and revise it sing with them um and honestly it doesn't matter because (laughs) the reason why i don't know is because josie kindly and politely cut him off uh by letting him know they won whatever Bad Order Bands from the year before, and they plan on capitalizing on their success from there. Uh, She also told him, uh, it's impolite to stare, and I see you're um, staring at our pussycat ears, and it's part of branding. Like, she cut this boy down from the top of his orange head to the bottom of his uh, converse. She was not playing, and I am all here for it. Get that ass, Josie. Um, And it's, I don't know, that was such a powerful moment for me seeing these three black girls with their natural hair singing beautifully in harmony dressed very nicely um and they they didn't feel like an afterthought Josie and the pussycats in this reboot came off very much like this is a cohesive unit and we are firmly in this universe it wasn't like oh these are the token black girls well let's just make Josie and the pussycats black and slap a wig on them and throw them out there with a guitar it felt like a genuine... Um... Like this is real. This felt like it had already been established. And with the introduction of Josie and the Pussycats... I'm very sure... That we're going to get like a Sunk of the Week. Like some kind of way they're going to incorporate... Josie and the Pussycats performing... At least... Every other episode or something. I would imagine because you do have them... And that's... Their purpose or part of their purpose... In the Archie universe. Um... Yeah, so I'm very even though they didn't show up a lot, but but again this is just the pilot episode, but I am all here for seeing these girls the rest of the way through. Um skip forward a little bit. Even when I looked at the previews for uh, this week's this next week's episode, Josie still had her natural hair and it was styled differently. It was, it's just little touches like that make me excited for this show. Yes, the cast is uh still predominantly white and I'm pretty much fine with that because it's in line with archie but they're doing things that are um kind of embracing the differences and and being more inclusive even with the kevin keller character who is gay he's very much that 90s movie sitcom gay best friend but he's not he's not a caricature if that makes any sense i feel like he's very much a fleshed out character even with Cheryl Blossom being the bitchy senior alpha dog she even comes off as yes I'm bitchy but there's more it might be just because her twin brother was murdered killed found dead but um yeah all these all of these stereotypical characters that we have in this show still seem to be flushed out they don't seem to be just oh i'm the nice girl oh i'm the gay guy oh i'm the rich girl they seem to have more to them and uh i mean i guess if you disagree (laughs) hit me up tweet me email me let me know um and we can talk it out. We can fight it out. We tweet it out. But I think that they did a really good job, um, especially with a pilot having to cram so much into it and give you the backstory and set you firmly in this world before going forward. I think they did a pretty good job at getting a lot of these um, types across to you in a quick fashion, in an entertaining fashion, in a cohesive fashion, and leaving you wanting more. Um, let me see. There it was uh, um a point in which I believe at lunch where Veronica and Betty uh, Veronica joins Betty Kevin and Archie listening to his music Cheryl comes over with that again pompous rich mean girl quippy lines this sassy attitude there's an exchange between her and Kevin Keller where she's talking to Veronica and telling her oh you must join the Vixens the cheerleading squad he turns to her and says, um... Oh, is cheerleading still a thing. Whereas her response to him, which made me fall, fall out of my seat, was... Oh, is being the gay best friend still a thing? And that, <laughs> again, took me to those 90s teen movie moments... Where it was just like, okay... Um... I'm, I'm, this is the stuff that I live for. I call me campy, call me childish or corny. I just... <laughs> that had me smiling. Um... Let me see, uh, we see, we meet Betty's mom, who is very much, um, there's something going on with her, because apparently Jason, uh, Blossom, who is dead, had a relationship with Betty's older sister, Polly, and I can't quite remember if Polly is a actual character from the Archie Digest books, or if she's someone who's been created over the comics, or just for the show, um... I don't know, it doesn't matter either way because it it still fit. But the relationship that Polly and Jason had, um, Betty's mother is convinced that it drove Polly insane or it drove her mad or something. And she has this very overprotective, domineering type of relationship where um, you can say she's a bitch or she's mean or she's evil or whatever. But even though she's written in a way where you're not supposed to like her, I still kind of see something there because hell she's essentially just trying to make sure that her other daughter is okay she wants her to have extracurricular activities she wants her to um graduate high school she wants her to go on and do better things than her sister did um to the point where she's giving that girl adderall now the scene where she gives betty the adderall and she says oh you you didn't um you didn't apparently you forgot to pick up your prescription that can be read a few different ways. One, I felt like, okay, maybe she's forcing this Adderall onto her daughter. But at the same time, it's almost like, well, this is something that you need. We don't know if Betty has some anxiety problems that she's not dealing with. And she she literally did not pick up her medicine, not because she didn't want to. I don't know. That was a little gray area there for me. Um, and so I'm still on her mom's side. I mean, she's not the most pleasant or the most likable character but seeing seeing taking a couple steps to look at what she's dealt with with her one daughter and what she's trying not to deal with her second daughter i can see where she would come off as domineering and as you know i guess possessive as she does it's not enjoyable for betty or for the audience but i can see where she's coming from um but uh, let me see, skip around a little bit uh, let's go to the cheerleading tryouts where Veronica and Betty do their little rah-rah sis-boom-bah thing Cheryl and her mean girls are watching um, unimpressed and she let her know okay this ain't this ain't what you want where's the edge whatever and then this is another thing that got me these quippy little lines where um, she was like okay what more do you have like that wasn't great or whatever whatever Cheryl said where <laughs> Veronica turns to kiss Betty and it gave you that bring it on late 90s early 2000s like teen aesthetic there was another thing that I was like oh my god it's not even about it being a sexualized faux lesbian scene it was just this the way it was shot it, it was just I thought it was a good scene but Cheryl <laughs> immediately after um says to them uh <laughs> what she say update your data ladies um the faux lesbian kiss hasn't been hot since two thousand four and again this corny little sassy ass mean line took me out like I was <laughs> Laughing like uh, where do where do they get this shit it's so I don't know I thought it was good writing uh what else do we have here after that um came the monologue that the scene of the the show and the monologue that I enjoyed the most was Veronica tearing into Cheryl after Cheryl forced Betty to um publicly discuss her sister being in a mental institution uh Polly's relationship with Jason uh she wanted the girl Betty to tear into her which Betty didn't Veronica proceeds to tell her you know your day of reckoning is coming uh you, i might be on the team but me and betty are a package which i've never heard of that <laughs> there's no way in high school you can try out or audition for something you get accepted your friend don't and you <laughs> you tell them oh we're a package like the, who can you imagine a football player a baseball player anybody doing that how ridiculous that is but it's in keeping with the uh with the brand and so i'm all for it um Betty then asks her, you know, why did you stick up for me? During the little monologue that Veronica had, we see that um Betty cuts into her palms with her nails to the point where she has she's bleeding, which again, for me, supports her mom, um, in this kick of having her have her medication, kinda of being a little domineering, making sure that she does everything she's supposed to, because apparently Betty has is dealing with something and she's not either dealing with it in the right way or she's not dealing with it at all because there's no way... Well, I don't want to say there's no way because I was a teenager. I know how stressful high school could be. But the way in which she's... It's almost like she's cutting herself. And um, I don't know if that's what they were intending with this character and with this this scene or with this thing that Betty does. But it's, to me, very much read like a girl who would go back or a guy and cut themselves to, uh, feel something or to deal with the pain or stress or whatever. And so for everyone who feels like Betty's mom is a bitch or she's doing too much or whatever, I feel like this fully supports it. That's your child. You want to, now we don't know if she know if Betty's mother knows that she kind of cuts her palms like that or whatever, what else she does, but there's something going on there that I think is supporting. Um... One thing that's very uh, signature to the Archie comics and Archie universe is the consistent, constantly, ever-changing love triangle between Archie, Betty, and Veronica. And with the way the show was going, I didn't think we would see much of that until uh, Betty and Veronica make the Riverdale Vixen cheerleading squad. They're on the track, walking around, talking about their past, kind of... Giving the audience a uh, clue on how Betty was in the pe- which during that Betty said um which 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 kind of fucked me up. She was talking about her mom, her sister, and Jason having their whirlwind of a relationship, and she says um uh to to, to to something to the effect. And I thought I wrote it down um shit something like uh. Jason broke Polly's heart but my mom Broke her and I was like damn Like I don't know if They were in the writing the writers room Like okay they wrote that line and everybody Hopped up and screamed like oh this gonna be a Hot one but regardless To how it was intended that Line kicked me Straight in the head because it was like um, For the relationship that we have established Already we know That it was one sided we know that Polly was More into it than Jason was Or even if we don't, we know that it ultimately ended with Polly getting the short end of the stick, the stick, excuse me, and Jason being, you know, okay, you know, unfazed until, you know, he died. But to say that in the midst of all this, that Jason broke my sister's heart, but my mom broke her. It was like, oh my God, there's so much to unpack there. And I'm ready to see how this comes out. Over the next uh, couple episodes uh but no but this is where we get the first glimpse of Betty Veronica and Archie's love triangle where Veronica' still trying to get Betty to profess her love to Archie which she doesn't do but she um so she calls Archie over because the football team is um having their little tryouts or practicing or whatever he comes over and Betty invites Archie to the back to school dance which. I think it's a homecoming. But I don't know if it's a homecoming in Riverdale. Um, And she says, oh, you can take the both of us. And Veronica's like, bitch, what? (laughs) The the both of us? uh, Bruh, this is for you. So for me, when it comes out that this is this love triangle, it was essentially instigated by um, Betty and her insecurity and her fear of whatever, rejection or whatever it is, or the overwhelming hotness of Archie, uh, orange haired ass, but this, I I appreciated that because, again, this is a pilot episode, and to cram so much into it, it, to be able to slide that in and have it be natural and not like, oh, we're just gonna fight over this boy, I thought they did a really good job. Um, fast forward even more, the right before the dance where Betty is, uh, like a lot of teenagers do, boys and girls, dancing in the mirror, singing, acting a fool, she's hopping on her bed, excited for the dance, is when her mom comes in, catches her in this uh, cheerleading uniform. And this is the thing that oh boy, another one of those lines where she says, um something about what is that? And she was like, Well mom, I'm I made the cheerleading squad. I'm a Riverdale Vixen She was like <laughs> Cheryl's cheerleading squad. It's like, Damn mom, can I yes, we know <laughs> We know Cheryl Excuse me Is the twin sister Of the boy That drove Polly crazy But shit This is a school sanctioned Activity Like Can I Can I have this And um She said Oh no I don't I don't see it for you You're gonna quit this team (laughs) And I guess This is um It's red As this is Betty's first time Kind of Finally Standing up for herself When she says No I'm going To be on this team But whatever Um And then she says she gets ready to leave. Her mom's like, Where are you going? She says, I'm going to buy a dress because I'm going to the dance with Archie And it's like I think either I'm so far removed from this kind of wealth or this is just ridiculous because these are presumably fifteen, sixteen year old sophomores in high school. Yes, they are um a little wealthy and um but the the thought that one, you wait until the day of to get a dress for a dance it's ridiculous dress suit or whatever and then two you're able to just walk out and get it on your own where's this money coming from where are you going to buy a dress that, that like true enough there's the charlotte Rus and the forever 21s and all those type of stores but it just seemed very unlikely that that would happen with the 15 16 year old teenage girl um additionally betty's um said something about me archie and veronica are going out and this and that and here go her mama, old sour puss again. She said, Veronica Lodge? Uh, girls like her and Cheryl don't hang out with girls like you. And I was like, God damn, I'm trying to be on your team, uh, Mrs. Cooper. But you, you are, you are, you mean, girl. <laughs> and, um, even despite of all that, I'm still on her side. I don't even care. I get what she's doing. She's essentially trying to protect her daughter. Um... veronica lodge's mother herm hermione lodge um i didn't mention before her and archie's dad have some type of history they dated back in high school so i'm sure um, his dad is luke perry uh forgive me if i got that wrong but um i'm sure and we all see it that's going to be explored more down the line uh that she left him for the rich guy and went off to new york and whatever so that's kind of a little side plot and i actually like this side plot because um following hermione's story she um at the beginning her and veronica fell from grace they had to show up back in riverdale in this nice little western style fancy hotel condo high-rise whatever um then she goes to try to get a job at Archie's dad's construction company doing the books. Um, we give a little backstory while he says, you know, your uh, husband embezzled money or whatever, so it wouldn't look good, me having you on staff. She uh they discussed their little failed relationship back in high school and um she shows up back home in one scene, I forget where it falls in the episode, but there's a bag, a big like expensive bag uh sitting on her table and the doorman says oh yeah the i don't know airport or whoever found the bag that you uh lost and 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 brought it over here and she's obviously confused and walks over to the bag unzips that uh motherfucker and what does she have she got a bag that's uh full of money so hermione lodge got a bag um looking like a bag of money I don't know. <laughs> That's my failed Rick Ross uh, joke. But um yeah, and it's very uh like it's her scenes were few and they were quick, but out of all of the adults in the series, I'm very much interested in Hermione Lodge, what happened with Harem, I believe her the father's name is, what what's going on with him? Is he in jail? Uh where is he? How are these connections? He's not even being on screen, he's a more interesting character as far as adults are concerned. than Archie's dad, and then any other, well, Harum and Betty's mom, and then Veronica's mom as a very close second are my, the storylines I'm trying to follow. I want to see what's going on with them. Um, what else? Okay, after the dance, everyone is invited back to Cheryl Blossom House where she has a plays a very classic game of Spin the Bottle. Ugh, whatever Um, it's for seven minutes in heaven with Archie the bottle lands on Veronica which even though it landed on Veronica watching through this episode two or three times it looks like it was right between Betty and Veronica Um, Veronica objects this again is after the kind of love triangle has been the seed has been planted and um, because all this time Veronica has been showing interest in Archie, before she knew that Betty was interested in him. But Cheryl, of course, says, well, if you decline, I'll be forced to do seven minutes in heaven with him. Well, she's read as the slutty girl, as the rich, mean girl. So we know Veronica has to take that bullet for her friend because you would much rather your friend go in and have seven minutes in heaven with Archie than a girl who hates you i don't know it's whatever it's teenage angst at its worst and at its best um while in the closet they gave a very much um romantic will he or won't he will she or won't she moment playing you know giving questions to each other back and forth and i liked that it was pretty cool um but once they left the closet betty is gone and we need to go look for her. And if the way, either this the way it was edited or the way it was written. This was weird because they were in there. They almost shared a kiss. They left. Betty was gone. Um, and then they ran to look for her. Well, Archie is running after Veronica. Like, oh, well, let me go look for her with you. And she's like, well, don't you think that'd be crazy? She wouldn't want us together looking for her. Like, we just went into the closet for seven minutes. I'll stop right there. One... Archie, this is your best friend. You don't need somebody else to look for her. This is your best friend for however long since childhood. Why are you not just looking for her on your own? Second thing, we cut from this scene directly to Veronica going home and laying on her mother's lap and kind of decompressing. How much looking did you look for this girl? And how much looking (laughs) are you going to get accomplished in a city you've never been in before? You're the new girl in town. Are you just driving around these random streets yelling for Betty? Because I'm thinking Veronica would have probably ended up in some area of town where Betty would never go. Like, I don't think they've established that Veronica has been to her house. So, it's just like, this is weird. Nobody actually looked for this girl. So, (laughs) we don't know what's going on. Um, And then we get to the end where Archie shows up at Betty's house and with the very... Um, I don't know the undone tie and the unbuttoned shirt and it's like oh you know we were looking for you or whatever he said I don't know it's of no consequence but Betty says you know cause she confessed her love to him um, at the, the dance about them being a power couple or just a couple and his reaction was very I don't know I guess it was natural but it was like damn dude you gotta act like she has the plague cause she was like uh what like No, like, essentially, I don't like you like that. And um, the line he gives her when she asks him, you know, is that so strange to see us as a couple or whatever, is that you're too good for me. Man, I was waiting for Betty to slap the shit out of him. Don't give me this tired ass, you're too good. Like, nothing has been established that he's some kind of fuck-up or he's some bad boy or he's just this bad influence. You've literally been next-door neighbors and best friends since childhood. Why not just decline her offer of a relationship? saying no, I'd much rather us stay friends. What is this? You're too good for me. Because for me, that's still kind of leading her on. Because it's like, there could be something there, but you're too good for me. Like, we, we could possibly have something. Or I could feel something for you, but you're just too good for me. It's like, eh, that was a cheap cop out. Uh, But, yeah, fuck Archie. So, um, we end the this episode with the coveted beautiful return to dramatic form where everyone is standing at the lake um after kevin keller and moose and their would-be almost sexual encounter finds jason blossom (coughs) upside down in the lake with a bullet hole in his head uh i didn't even address archie and grundy's relationship where they um heard a gunshot on the Fourth of July and couldn't tell anybody because they have to explain why they were there together and that was very much I know what you did last summer type of feel and it's part of the show but it, it wasn't that interesting um I thought they handled this pretty well. the show wrapped up quite nicely uh with everyone standing around and jughead of course, who's the narrator and all this saying that um uh by morning everyone knew about the killing and by fifth period the next day the first arrests have been made which of course leads us to the ending which is it, which is um i don't know depending on how this show goes i guess i'll give my my guesses every week unless they like let you know before the series is up but um there's a couple different guesses and i'm i'm excited to figure out who it is like i'm that's another part of this show that has me like going because it's like okay this isn't just a drama this is a, a murder mystery um before getting into that though Archie um oh you know what I sure lied Archie did look for Betty um he went to Pop Tate's chocolate shop where he looked for her and Pop again and his boring um cold voice was like no just the nightly regulars I don't know what that was about, but he goes over to Jughead, who's writing his novel, who is Corey Sprouse, who is the baby from um, Big Daddy and the twin from Sweet Life and Zach and Cody, which I didn't even realize that was him until the very end. I was like, God damn! He has the black hair. He's a convincing Jughead, um, but he says to Archie, um, you know, I'm writing my novel about the summer, about Jason's um, Jason Blossom's death, and Archie goes in on this kind of rant about did he even know what he won in life how is he going to re- be remembered he was 17 years old or whatever and uh juggerna's like he's going to be remembered for being dead and um i don't know they had this little back and forth but then i think he says something about betty and Jughead says well just talk to her like it would work and then he has a line that says it would have worked with me which i was looking online and a lot of people read that as you know he saw something that Archie did or something that went wrong and he was against it. And they kind of fell out. But for me, honestly, I read it as some romantic thing because it was like, and maybe that's just where my head is with the tone of the show. But if this was just a friendly, we fell out or, um, we could have been friends, but this happened. Then I think it would have been more like, you know, you're a, a bad friend sometimes, but I don't know something in the way that that scene was um presented and the lines that were going back and forth. It just seemed like it was a romantic thing. Like, yeah, it, I don't know, I don't know. But we'll we'll see as the show progresses because we do know that uh Jughead in the comics is asexual, so perhaps it's not a romantic thing. But that's how it read to me. Uh, But getting back to the murder mystery, uh, let's see. Was it Cheryl Blossom in the lake with the crowbar? Was it Betty in the study with the hammer? Like, um, I think the number one suspect would be uh, Betty Cooper's mom. But I think that's too obvious of a suspect. Uh, And then Cheryl, I'm of two minds. I'm of one that Cheryl killed him for whatever reason. If we're going with the afterlife with Archie ancestral relationship, maybe she killed Jason because he had a relationship with Polly and she was jealous or I don't know. But then again, it's like, is she also a too obvious of a suspect because this is her identical twin and they were found, they were out together that day. Or maybe she hired someone to shoot him in the head or I don't know. Um, so right now I'm with Cheryl, a possible Cheryl and uh I don't want to go with Betty Cooper's mom uh who else has motive maybe Polly maybe Polly escaped the mental institution and shot him if she was that emotionally scarred um I'd say maybe Betty cause maybe Betty is fighting to contain whatever anger she has which we see throughout the show and this one time she let loose and shot him um Hmm, who else i don't really know so i'll say at the top of my list is cheryl with a 50 50 um and then i'll say possibly polly um again i don't know you know yeah we'll say cheryl polly um betty's mom and then betty but then i'm thinking like dang these are maybe too obvious of um of answers, but I'm, I'm still gonna go with it. So we got Cheryl as a 50 50, number one. Then I have a Polly as a more likely, and then Mommy Cooper, Mommy Dearest Cooper, <laughs> um, and then Betty coming in at a close fourth. Um, who else? I don't think anybody else hated Jason, so I'm gonna stop there. So we got Cheryl, Polly, Mommy Dearest Cooper, and Betty. Those are my predictions for the first episode. Um so we'll we'll see how this fleshes out uh, and if my ideas change on the after the second episode <laughs> but uh, I don't know this has been welcome to Riverdale uh I'm excited about this series and what's going on in the future <sighs> so you know this is a carefree black nerd review show So I'll end it here and say stay carefree, stay preppy, and hopefully stay innocent of Jason Blossom's murder. (laughs) And meet me back here next week for the next installment of Welcome to Riverdale.